Alright, talk mic. What's up? Talk word. Yo! Alright, everyone's getting picked up. We're live. We are live, episode 10 of Coffee Regular. Special guest today. Special guest, Baron Wardemer von Heelhook, the benevolent ruler of Lake Lachia. <laughs> Has, has uh, graced us with his presence and allowed us to keep our feet attached to our ankles. Today. Thank you. Appreciate that, sir. Mr. Ward Heine, how are yeah. you? Good, man. This coffee is delicious. It is. Ah. Front porch. Front porch blend. Our favorite. The classic blend. I think that's what started it all. Mm-hmm. I think it is. Between that and the, um, mm, the Highlander. Yeah. Speaking of, Stoffs has the Highlander. Oh, really? Yeah, they have their own. Oh, yeah. So I might have to go grab some. Yeah. Or the Highlander cream or whatever you're talking yeah. about the one time. Yeah, yeah that, that was good stuff. But then your Highlander grog that you got, the goat, the goat, yeah. the goat stuff. That stuff was good, good too. Mm-hmm. Why coffee regular um, as opposed to coffee special? <laughs> oh, okay, good question. Okay, this is funny. Um, you ever seen Look Who's Talking? A long time ago. All right, watch Maybe. it again. When um, I can't remember John Travolta's character's name, but he teaches Mikey how to make coffee. And he says, coffee, one pack of sugar, two creams. Coffee regular. <laughs> <laughs> and my coffee regular tends to be coffee with cocoa powder and coconut oil. Yeah, I did the same thing. That's what's in my mind it's upstairs. It's delicious. Yeah, yeah. yeah so as I was like, so I always made that, jo- I made that joke to my daughter, it's coffee regular. Uh, okay. And then Mike and I would sit and drink coffee and... Kind of transpired. Just like our coffee talks. And I'm like, well, someone already took coffee talk. So, yeah. coffee regular. Okay. <laughs> Here we are. Mm. Ten episodes deep. Ten episodes in. And today is a Face Cake Friends episode. Our very first guest. Yeah. And the honored first guest. Yes, you're uh, the honored first guest in the dojo, man. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm the first guest on Face Cake Friends. Uh, well, Does that mean my... Do I need to prepare my face? or? Well, I mean... I'm sure we've kicked each other in the face before. Yeah. You know, Prepare that's, yourselves. That's what I that's what I want to call the guest episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Face kick friends. Kind uh, like uh, guest episode of Justice League and friends and whatnot, you know, and everyone else comes in place. Yeah. <laughs> that's kinda of what this place is designed for. Yeah. Or just for me and my daughter to watch the flash and fights. That's kinda of what we do down here too, but <laughs> Yeah, no, this is a great room for this. Uh, it works out. The Marshall Education Center. Have you guys described yes. this for the listeners at home? I have not. Um, we do need to give them a you, visual walk. There. You describe things well. Okay, go for yeah. it. <laughs> okay, listeners at home, folks at home. Uh, there's about half of this basement that is uh, puzzle mats. Uh, they're all matching collars, except for one. There is a red mat oh. over there. You can't see it. But <laughs> <laughs> the walls are lined with various what I would guess are. Not necessarily childhood, but perhaps childhood and adult heroes of Mike's and on the quotes. walls. Pictures and quotes from them. Yeah. Uh, it's very sort of shriney, kind of, yeah. you say? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's definitely a shrine. Training shrine. Yeah. There are so many training implements here, uh, and I can't really... There's an assault bike, a uh, battle rope, one of those tidal... Two battle ropes over there. Two <laughs> battle ropes. There's a trampoline. There's a trampoline... Which uh, I found in the basement of my old house. I have no idea where it came from. My daughter found it, so we just keep it. It <laughs> feels like something you would find in a boxing gym. I'm not sure what you would do with it. Somewhere. Uh, and then there's a grappling side on the far end there with wrestling mats. Yeah. So this is... And there's a weight area actually behind the stairs. You haven't looked at it yet. In terms of space and efficiency, this place is the bomb. And, yeah. <laughs> and it still has a usable crawl space that I store things in. Yeah, this is fantastic. Yeah, in the nine-foot ceilings. When you guys break into video, you got to do a, a walkthrough. We'll do like an MTV Cribs kind of deal. Yeah. And like, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Be, uh, this is uh, where all the magic happens. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a childhood dream born of a conversation when I was 17. Born of a conversation. Oh, born, born of a conversation. <laughs> Sorry, my teeth are in a new place. I can't <laughs> yes. talk anymore. Um, no, but like I think I was 16 or 17 years old, and we were sitting around after class, and I, I trained with car guys. So my friends were like talking about the cars they wanted when they grew up. I'm like, guys, I don't want a car. I want a dojong in my basement so I can train in my pajamas whenever I want. Yeah. And, you know, 20 years later, here we are. Yeah. Finally got it. And you've even bred yourself a training partner. Yes, pretty much. Yes. Yeah, we were we were rolling just the other day. We play. Um, I have a card game called Game of Rolls. Yeah. 
It's, I showed you this one. I think, we got yeah, it. you told me about it. It's spectacular. It's the so deck. it's the deck. Yeah, yeah the deck game. And you just like we draw, and then you have to like get your move. Yeah, yeah, we play that all the time. So That's yeah, I did awesome. actually breed myself a training partner. She's much better than me though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I can't, <laughs> can't wait till my kids are old enough. Ah, it only gets better. <laughs> my niece just fit into her gi. Sweet. So oh, that's Aww. awesome! Like, it's adorable. That's that is so adorable. Black belt and cute. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. <laughs> so, what do we get into today? What's the so what we get into? Is? Um, friendships and training, man. Uh, something that we've definitely alluded to in past episodes of the best friends you ever make are your mat friends. Oh yeah. Um, Sweating into each other's mouths makes yes yeah, quickly makes you close. Especially jujitsu. Yeah. Well, I have a friend who always told me that if you want your dog to be really loyal to, to you, spit in their food. <laughs> so <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense, yeah. So we're loyal to each other because of spitting yeah. in the mouth. Exactly. I suspect that there's food in your mouth all the time. Okay, <laughs> hey, I recognize that smell. <laughs> over here, dude. <laughs> well, it's the best when you leave training and you can smell individual people on your clothes. You're like, oh, that's... Oh, this person, that person, this person. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious and disgusting, but <laughs> you learn people by smell pretty quickly. I, yeah, I pretty much know everybody by smell. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Oh. Before the eye surgery? Yeah, well, just I was legally blind till I was six. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And so I'm basically daredevil. Yeah. At least I want to be. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, my ears are my primary sense. Huh. And my nose is sort of the backup to that. In my eyes, I use them if I can. Like it's 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 hard to explain. Like people don't do that. Yeah, so. I don't know. I have, I've had twenty twenty vision my whole life, so I can't talk. I can't even. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm at <laughs> I'm at the age now where a lot of people that I know are hitting that. Um, like when you hit your late thirties, early forties, you suddenly become nearsighted. Yeah. Like your eyeballs just crap out and say, "Fuck you! I don't look at stuff far away anymore." And so I'll have to get glasses, right? And this happened to my wife. It was hilarious because she has perfect vision. And then she's like, I can't see. I'm like, mm. you can see. Ooh, you have some reading glasses. <laughs> I'm like, you why? don't know what it's like to I'm like, I don't get why people are freaking out about it. It's weird. <laughs> I went through a uh, period where I was big into, um, like, prepping, like doomsday prepping. Oh, right on. And uh, I was always like, that was the thing that made me give up on it was if, <laughs> if doomsday happens, I'm just not going to be able to see. Because I can't afford LASIK. So yeah, like, like I never wanted it. I can't have one pair of glasses. Yeah, you're screwed. Yeah, I know. I feel the same way. Yeah, just shoot everybody. Yeah, yeah it's done. Sound. Shadow. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. My zombie defense is going to be sword. Guns run out of bullets. Sword never runs out of sword, bro. It's true. That's so. Yeah. It's a, Even with the sword, though, you need them eyes a little bit. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't, man. Overrated. Have you ever seen um, Blind Fury? Mm-hmm. Great movie. Great movie, Rugger Hauer, Blind Samurai. Yeah, totally doesn't need to see shit. <laughs> Chops people's eyebrows off. <laughs> what? Got your eyebrows. If you can get like that over a night in like a nuclear apocalypse, yeah. He wasn't missing though? No, he was, it was intentionally, he was trying to scare a dude. Dude was sitting at a desk, he was standing over the desk, he goes, Whoa! Hmm? And you look back and two neat little pile of eyebrows <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the desk. Yeah. It's as good as it gets. Yeah, so. I'm what there. if he was trying to kill him and he just had to play it off? I always wondered that though. Is it did he does he really did he really just want to chop his face off and he's like fuck? I'll <laughs> oh, be cool, be cool. Be scared, cool. <laughs> but yeah, um, friendships through training. Friendship. Yeah, I met tons of weird people and stuff that I wasn't necessarily that you would never run into otherwise. Right. Yeah, and I wouldn't necessarily associate with unless it was training or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, or people that wouldn't give you the time of day. Oh yeah, like if you weren't training together, right? Like yeah. some lawyer, yeah. So think some, of, you know, someone who's think of the people that have utmost respect for you, right? That if they met you in real life, they might arrest you, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like the only. I think jujitsu is people the only platform to to take that away and take classes away and it puts everyone on an equal level. Yeah. So tie on that belt You're on the same level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very much I, I remember I trained jiu-jitsu for maybe six months when I was like seventeen and uh I remember at the same time uh seeing I don't know if that was when Fight Club came out or when it it was popular anyway. Ninety nine. But yeah, when you saw I saw Fight Club and it was very you know, all the stuff that he's saying about, uh, you know, finding a separate 
identity a separate hierarchy. And, you know, the thing about that uh, movie is those guys are rejecting uh, kind of the the social hierarchy and embracing the separate the separate hierarchy where your values assign differently. Yeah. Um, I think that's a pretty powerful thing with uh, jujitsu. That's sort of what you're talking about, right? Like uh, like a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah. If you yeah, just wanted their office, you would just, just be into the separate uh, into the separate hierarchy. Yeah. Of you know, in in normal society, you're this. Shift over to pajama society. You're this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. I like mean, what situation would you have? Like construction worker, a lawyer, some high school kid, like sitting around laughing about whatever. Like you know, outside yeah. jujitsu, be very specific. Yeah, and or, being good friends. Right. You know? yeah. yeah. Growing up in a college town where, you know, there's there's very there's a very staunch separation of classes. Of you got yeah. your townies versus your college people. You got cops versus this. You know all these different things. And I was in a Taekwondo school where everyone intersected and everyone liked each other, and you know made life really cool for me because it was easy to get a job and you know all the cops liked me and you know, like it was fine. So I got to live this really weird life of this sort of you know goofy ass college student rode my bike everywhere, but yet I knew everybody and people that shouldn't respect me at all like called me sir mm-hmm. you know and then on the flip side if you're talking about fight club i was the narrator as well i got to be the narrator and tyler durden of during the day when i'm at school known as who i am like i was sort of this just nameless guy with bruises all over me and people are like that guy's freaking weird and then i go to the gym at night i'm freaking tyler durden yeah yeah, yeah. and then I don't know. On a side note, at work, I was actually Van Wilder, but um, no. <laughs> yeah, I felt a little bit like that. I um, uh, about uh, oh, I don't know, six eight months ago. Uh, prior to about six or eight months ago, for maybe a couple of years, I was um, not like fully unemployed. Like I would find freelance stuff to do and stuff, but. Um, you had time to go to the daytime class and the nighttime class. Yeah. I, the reason that I was doing that, the reason I was addicted to it like that, is that was, um, like, that's where I felt like I was valuable. And there's probably some neurosis tied in with that. Like, that's probably a little bit pathological. That's but, a, Well, pathological, but it's also chemical of um, oxytocin, the love drug, right? Yeah. Physical contact makes you produce oxytocin. So we just hugged you. We loved you, and you loved us back. Very violent. <laughs> now, if this is too far, let me know. But um, when you became gainfully employed again, the first thing Mike told me that, and the first thing I asked him, I was like, "I wonder what's going to happen to jujitsu," because I knew what it meant to you when you weren't gainfully employed, and I was like, "You think he's going to peter out? How's it going to change?" Like, I don't want Ward to change, but I do want Ward to pay his bills. Yeah. Like, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, um, I don't train like I did right there when I, like, first got blue, or right before I got blue belt, I think. Because, um, yeah, there's a lot of other stuff to do. And the, I don't know, there's that, the cliche that you hear every, every, like, uh, sports show documentary every like run up to the UFC there's the um you know everybody is ever since uh like Mike Tyson and probably before that everybody is basically trying to tell the Mike Tyson story just as their story right I feel like Like, I don't have anything else I don't have anything to live for except fighting like if I wasn't fighting yeah and um like that's not to that degree but that's sort of like it was a huge part of my identity when I wasn't working right because it was the only I felt like it was the only thing of value that I was like producing mm-hmm. um so yeah with the weeks when I'm real productive at work I am not very productive at jujitsu just because I feel like uh you know I'm productive in one area so I'm less I, I don't have that drive to like uh justify my existence to the cosmos by being productive in another area I feel that um but yeah, like it's funny. Uh, the Arnold's coming up here, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd like to compete at that. Um, and of the, my drive to compete with that has not consciously, but my drive to compete with that has coincided with like we we're waiting at work on clients and stuff. 
So there's nothing going on there. Coincided with I need something to do. Yeah. <laughs> I need a goal. Yeah. Um, so you're a conqueror. If you can't conquer things by filming them, you have to conquer them by choking them? Mm. <laughs> Possibly. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> or you just like to be fully immersed in something. Yeah, do, there's that. Do you that. need the immersion? Yeah, like but I have to be... Um, my mind has to be, like, wrapped up in something. Ah, uh, okay. Or, yeah. All right, so if you can't physically train, do then you, do you mentally train? Do you, like, read books? Do you have conversations with people or form thought experiments? Um, yeah, I think um, one of the things that helped... Uh, like I feel like I picked up at least the early part of jujitsu pretty quickly, and I think one of the things that helped with that was uh, um, I spent a lot of time outside of it trying to develop the ability to imagine uh, myself like working with another body, yeah. like a mannequin, and like keeping track of all the limbs. Which mm-hmm. may sound, if you've been training a while, it may sound stupid easy but it's very difficult to do early on to like yeah, keep track of concept. where all the limbs yeah. are and yeah. try to imagine what it feels like when they shift weight this way that way um so yeah i spent a lot of time outside of jujitsu thinking about it um trying to kind of systematize uh what was working for me and what wasn't um probably earlier than i should have been but um, well i don't know I don't I don't know, that's, bad, yeah. that's I mean, not a bad thing depends on how long you're in it like it's one person going for like one time a week for three months is different than someone who's going five times a week for that same three months. If they're going to get different things out of it, yeah. I mean, what are you going to get out of it? You know, we can't we can't all be BJ Penn or Keenan yeah. Cornelius, but you know, in that respect, you took how this is how my brain works. I'm going to apply it to this thing, and you there wasn't it out. there wasn't the growing pain phase of like learning how you learn with it. Where like, yeah. Whereas, yeah, you seem to I mean, know like, how you yeah. learn. So like I started you, teaching uh, you shit. You just took it and did yeah. it. Like I didn't have to be like, this is this, this is why, this is this. You're like, okay, boom, and then you did it in your own head. Like I didn't have to systematize it for you. Mm-hmm. I wonder yeah. if that's a product of for like a couple years before that, I did like Olympic lifting and then powerlifting. I wonder if some of that's the like body awareness of because you have to Olympic lifting. You have to be so like dialed in to very specific what your body's doing. Oh yeah, it's so technique. It's so technique dependent. Yeah. Yeah, and it's timing dependent. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, and if one thing's off, everything's fucked. <laughs> well, pretty much, yeah. your arm falls off, or you hit yourself yeah. in the head, or right. you know, your knee blows out, you know, something. Yeah, I did a lot of Olympic lifting in college. Um, the strength coach for OU, his kids were in my Taekwondo school. Yeah, and it was cool because like he just kept staying after class and watching us train for like weeks. I'm like, why the hell is that? You know, <laughs> the parent of these kids staying and watching us. It's creepy. And then he came up to us and like gave us his card. He's like, "Hey guys, I think I can help you. I'm the strength coach for OU. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 6 a.m. Show up at the tower." He's like, "All right, hit the showers. Let's go." And we're like, "Okay." <laughs> and he taught us how to lift, do Olympic lifting. Taught us how to, to like, I mean, he taught me specifically. Like he taught, showed us how to do everything, but then he taught me how to coach. Yeah. Because he picked me out as like, you get this shit on a different level. You're not just here to just throw stuff around and get better at fighting. Like you're telling everyone else what to do like you're taking it in so he's like all right here and he broke down olympic lifting for me and like training and you know i mean even just like primary motions and how to build opposites and and all this different stuff and it was really cool but it was very much like a it was a bit of training i'd never gone into because we're in a sport of weight divisions we're all afraid of lifting at least (laughs) you know in the 90s no i can't gain weight i have to stay skinny (laughs) and that's like i want to pack on as much weight as possible i i can't (laughs) (laughs) i'm a dead but uh yeah it's uh the systematizing of it i get that yeah of not just the steps but like the I don't know. I was listening to an interview with Danaher, and I, it seems to be as probably why you like Danaher so much. Uh, he's yeah. all about systems, but right. he was him and um, on a BJJ Fanatics podcast. Him and Travis Stevens were talking about this of dragging people into their pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the pattern's predictable, but that's what I want yeah. because you know what I'm going to do, so I know what you're going to do. And, and uh, oh. yeah, funneling. I, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. I think. It, the other thing that um, helps me pick up stuff quickly is the uh, is that like pedagogical interest in how I would teach it. 
Because like, uh-huh. the whole time, like, you were teaching me stuff, I was like, okay, at some point I'm going to have to communicate this to another person. Well, Cheney and I so, both do that. We've talked yeah. about that, too. Yeah. And so, I mean, how, okay, so how does your brain work on that one? Then when you take something in, are you, are you laying out different perspectives? Or are you just going through it, just figuring out like, how this is how it should feel? Or, you know, where are you going with that? Uh, I'm going to have to think about that. Um, interesting. It's, it's very, it's very instinctive. I don't consciously think too much about, uh, sort of the meta, um, But just the underlying thought is, I need to be able to teach this to another person coherently. Yeah. Yeah. And so then well, you're, you're I, working out you're working out roadblocks through that. Yeah, I think what I'm like when when I would do privates with uh, Cheney, I'm pointing for the folks at home. One day, one day it'll be all film. We would. Uh, yeah. I think what I'm doing is I'm meeting what he's saying at sort of the front door of my brain and then turning around and relaying it to myself um like trying to teach it to myself so it's like short-term memory versus long-term memory kind of it's so, your funnel lobe talking to your hippocampus yeah i'm like um <laughs> i probably do this out loud when you say whatever you say mm-hmm. you say something and right. then i'll be so like and i'll rephrase what you said in a way that I know the yeah. thing at the back of my brain will hear it. Yeah. I think that's what's happening. So um, when he says something's crispy, how do you really that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crispy. <laughs> no, I immediately knew what that means. Yep, that was fucking good. That was on point. It was like Mike does it. That's what <laughs> a little crispier. <laughs> a little crispier. Crispy enough. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Todd Sorry, the other day, like, it's either fine, good, or crispy. <laughs> There's only so many grades. <laughs> or do it again. <laughs> or rewind a little bit. Hmm. But how, do you find yourself doing that with other work? Like, say, like, when you're editing something at work, like, do you have a system, or are you just mindlessly doing it? Or have you not thought about the process in a while? Or? It depends on... Uh, it depends on how challenging the project is. So I, for work, I'm a video editor to, um, for a documentary film company. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I tend to autopilot things really, like, as quickly as possible because um, I'm either lazy or efficient, depending on your perspective. <laughs> so if I can save thinking about something consciously... I will save thinking about it consciously and just sort of uh, send it to the autopilot section. Yeah. So, like, once I've done, say, for doing six episodes of something, once I sort of have the pattern down for a couple episodes, it's pretty much autopilot, and I'm it's thinking about other stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on to the next deal. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, do you find yourself doing that with jujitsu? Then training that way. Yeah. By learning that way, or is that how you've always learned, or do you find yourself learning differently from jujitsu? I don't know. I don't know if it's the way I've always learned or not. I I do like my jujitsu game is very autopilot unless I'm specifically trying to plug something in, and then sometimes I'll uh, like plug it in in the at the wrong part of the sequence. Like I'll let the autopilot go too far, and then I can't walk it back and do the thing I was trying to do. Yeah. Uh, um, it's hard learning stuff. That's uh, like I've been trying to learn. Melanson shoulder pin, like trying to use that. Um, but I don't often let people uh, play that close to my head, like pressure my head that much to yeah. get up high on my chest. Mm-hmm. I'm usually trying to use my legs and control because I've got, you know, the legs are where all of my power is. Um, so I'm having trouble finding where in sort of the autopilot sequence of playing bottom half guard and stuff where to diverge off to find the shoulder pin stuff without just getting smushed. Mm. But yeah, so yes, I do. I think I do do that with jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Um, I mean, ideally, from a comp- like, I don't know, from a use standpoint, it's what you want to get to. Yeah. But then from a learning standpoint, you have to break the pilot. You got to break yep. the autopilot and get your ass whooped trying to learn yeah. new stuff. Yeah. So, I don't know, emotionally, you deal with that okay? Or... 
Yeah, I don't really mind getting beat up anymore in huh? class. Sometimes, I, if I'm if I'm trying to like do it, like last night, I was trying to do pretty much competition speed, and uh-huh. if I can't, uh, like I've found a real athletic person or someone who who's less experienced, yeah. then it will bother me that I couldn't sort of impose my will. Right. Well, but it's, it's all in how you do it. Yeah, like with I don't know, like jujitsu, <clears throat> like you. It's trial and error. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ten billion there's, times. There's like, different approaches for different people. Yeah, you know, and that big athletic motherfucker, you might not. Uh, that might be his bad day. Like, you just gotta let him come at you. Yeah, move to the side. Yeah, right? <laughs> could just be his day that day. <laughs> I mean, that's how it is. Anyone can. Anyone can. You know, win. Anyone can mm. lose on any given day. And it doesn't matter. That's how it goes. It's the fun of it. Yeah. Now, I ask you a question. Because we have very similar goals, but very opposite ways of coming about it. I'm a super systems thinker, and I'm a very lateral thinker as well. But I come from chaos. I don't like to start from, like, a specific point. I like to start from fucking anywhere and just see where it turns and see if, like, what I was trying to do fit in. And so, like, we've had some beginnings of some interesting conversations with that sort of opposite mindset it very much reminds me of um really early on the one day we rolled downstairs on the old mats and our geese got all dirty at one point ward had me mounted and that was in the beginning you were on the fence you didn't know if you liked jujitsu yeah okay yeah like way back and it was this was way way back and i saw you start to cross over Cause like you had me mounted and you started to think about something and you got a little bit happy about it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's the Ward, moment. I think Ward's enjoying it. <laughs> like, and I'm just playing around. I'm just like, my legs work again. I don't give a shit. Ah. <laughs> but I had the vet. I mean, I had the exact same goal of, I need to understand this to the point that I can explain it to a toddler yeah. and they can do it. Like that's where I'm going. But I also need like, for me, I, it's, it's the thread that connects everything. I try to find what everything, I mean everything, if we're talking about like neutron stars or uh-huh. Adidas, there's something that intersects. And so that's, that's what I'm always looking for. So uh, <laughs> what's interesting about that, there's um, an interesting philosophical point to be made with what you're saying. That um, C.S. Lewis talks about this, how... It, what you believe about everything is contained in what you say about anything. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's, it, it's essentially the same thing that the postmodernists said that, you know, every, mm. um, you know, that not that the, the vast majority of postmodernism I think is, is horseshit, but the, I, I think what makes it compelling Too is many this particular truth, um, that every narrative is a meta narrative. Everything you say like what you say about anything contains what you believe about everything. So random acts of training. Mm-hmm. We yeah. got into that a lot. Last Is that episode. something? Our last episode. Yeah. So we were kind of like training as a microcosm for life. Yeah. yeah. And how we fit, we build our lives around training, but our trainings, you know, our, training is built around our life and yeah. how we learn something in jujitsu and then we are able to apply it in life because we did it here. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. So I think one of the uh, the cool things about the way that reality is um, is that because we live in an ordered, uh, rational sort of universe, um, you can discover concepts or truisms that are sort of spring-loaded with lots of other information. So it's possible to condense a huge amount of information into like a single concept. So... Here's an example from fighting um, that I've been talking about in some of the videos that we did for GWAC. Um, the concept of centerline control or centerline dominance, mm-hmm. this is an example. So anywhere in fighting, if you imagine two people, for the folks at home, I'm going to use my hands. <laughs> uh, if you can imagine two people as rays from like geometry class, right? Yeah. So a ray is a, a line that begins at a point and extends outward yes. infinitely. So... Um, whether you're talking about gunfighting, standing fighting, knife fighting, fighting on the ground, fighting clinched, um, 
if you can keep your ray on the opponent and make sure the opponent cannot put his ray on you, you're you have a, a, a huge advantage in that fight. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, and that, so in the concept of um, keep the opponent on your center line, stay off the opponent's center line, that's spring loaded with a huge amount of information. Yeah. Right. So I could show you, you know, how that applies on the ground, or how that. If you think about, you know, every, almost every submission that I can think of particularly off your back requires you to be perpendicular or as close as you can get to perpendicular to the line of your opponent. Mm-hmm. Right? Think about a triangle, you got to turn, right? Armbar, yeah. you got to turn perpendicular. Kimura, yeah. you want to finish it perpendicular. So, um, and I think that sort of thing, which we can, we can kind of verify uh, that in experience, right? We can roll and figure out, okay, yeah, that, that does seem to be the case. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Uh, applying like a thing that you find in training to life in general, I think there are a lot of concepts or truisms like that about reality, where the whole um, a huge amount of information about reality can be reduced to you know a single narrative. Um, but that's getting. No, go, go, go. That's, where, go. that's where we like coffee, to go. Bro. This is where we go. Yeah. This coffee's too good. This is, it's so good. It's bringing it out, but we can see it plugged in. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so anyway, the, what you were talking about where you... Um, so when you were saying that you were contrasting the way that we think, we think about things. We're going toward the same thing, but you come from a... You come from a single point. You're looking for something. You're starting somewhere, and you're looking for one thing. Whereas I'm starting anywhere and seeing where it goes, even if I have one thing in mind. If I don't get there in the perfect way, I'm just going to hang a left. I'm hanging a left at Albuquerque, and I'm getting there. Yeah. You know, that's all it is. Whereas I'm, I can bounce around all over the place and still end up there. Whereas you take one, one direction, and we end up learning the same thing. But, you know, I... Uh, I've always taken the long route to learning, uh, whether that's good or bad. I'm not in a hurry. And so I try to pull things in as I go. Whereas, and I'm still developing a system, but I like my system to be able to pivot. Whereas you're developing a system and you say, I'm going to refine this one system and get this down. And I'm going to apply that to all the other systems if I need to pivot. Like, I don't take the time to learn the one system. I'm learning all. I'm just I'm I'm finding the general idea all the way through, and then I'm I'm extrapolating that out. So that's what you mean by lateral thinking. You're yeah. capable. You'll like leave leave a thing off to the side. Okay, let's see what happens if I if I approach the problem over here. Yeah, I can can I connect Bugs Bunny to tie the dirt? Is yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's. If you ever read, um, there's a great series of books called Chronicles of Amber. Um, it's right over there, actually. Bottom shelf. But, um, uh, it's good stuff. Twelve books. And Amber is like this place. It's the original reality. And the royal family, basically, there's a bunch of brothers and sisters. And I, I can't remember what happened to the king and queen. They're dead somewhere. But they can walk through shadow. So we're all just shadows of Amber. And they can go to sort of whatever version of reality they want. But they find out, and spoiler alert, you got to read like the first six books to get this, but that on the opposite end of existence, there's chaos. So Amber is the ultimate bit of order. Everything has its bit. Everything has its place. It all works perfectly. Well, chaos is just clusterfuck. And at some point, the one main dude, Corwin, he meets a chick from chaos. They have a kid named, um, uh, what was his name? Uh... I can't remember. It's in my brain somewhere, but it's really cool. But the conflicting ideas of, um, and you know, sort of a, a reflection of the universe. Of the universe started out as one theory is it starts out in complete um, order and moves toward chaos. The idea of entropy, right? And so for me, like I read this book when I was like, these books when I was like twelve, and I've never been able to explain them to people. They're awesome, but uh, I always liked. I always just dug chaos. I thought like Amber, but I acted like chaos. And I was like, I dig the idea of structure. 
I'm a I'm a I'm a ritualistic person. You should watch me make tea in the morning. Okay. Like we talked about that getting you know the, the system of getting up in the morning. Okay. I like my systems, but I also like my systems to be able to adapt. And I also like to be like the happy little center of the storm sometimes, which is shit's crazy, and I can just keep it together and be like, hey, I'll fix that, you know. And so as a as a reflex training being a reflection of mindset of knowing how your brain works to absorb things um i dive in head first i'll take you know i mean i don't do this like i used to but i used to fight anybody i'd fight everybody you know and just to figure it out i didn't know what they were going to do i don't know if i was going to win or lose i just want to know what's how I, gonna, I just wanted to figure it out like how do i and it gives me something i can adapt to you know that's you I, feel like part of your identity uh, was that you wanted to know that lowest common denominator you could hold it you, like hold it together no matter what was happening oh yeah no I, I'm okay I had so a very, we shared that I had a very exciting life let's say my childhood was all over the place and so I had to be able to do that you know just from his birth really yeah because I had to be able to hold my shit together no matter what and so, you know, I've been obsessed with martial arts since I was born, and I, that kind of became the path for it yeah. in a lot of ways. But it's just what I always liked about you is you're the order version. You're Amber to my chaos. Even though I really dig all the things about Amber, like, I still gravitate toward, you know, this guy changes color every two seconds. Bam! Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, philosophically very western and you're philosophically yeah very eastern yeah very yeah very much i've always been into especially um early on chinese mythology and chinese way of thinking is something i definitely researched the hell out of as a kid and still now i mean i do but yeah yeah that's funny um i assume have you do you know who jordan peterson is mm-hmm. um talks a lot about the uh, the order chaos uh, dynamic and how there's a you know there are ditches on both sides of that road yeah uh, order can be tyrannical and and chaos can be you know dangerous be well. mad max yeah but <laughs> huh. uh, would uh it, training as a reflection of life life as a reflection of training can get kind of weird it's a little bit heady yeah but uh that's where you you, depending on the person that's where they can get totally wrapped up and lost and that's where i think we have offshoots of you know bad instructors and we can go like we're gonna do an episode on that soon but um but i mean as instructors yes oh wait tune into that one it's probably gonna be next guys i know Um, you've got some experience yeah we got some good stuff but um no as a teacher though you got to rein that in. You got to learn how to explain things in different ways to different people, but make it a unique experience. Of um, this, a problem my daughter's been having is she's friends with everybody. She's really good about making you feel like you're the only one in the room, but she's aware of everybody else in the room. And so, people will be like, "You're my best friend. Why are you hanging out with that other person?" That other person will be like, "You're my best friend." Like I'm everyone's best friend, <laughs> and that's that's why I had to tell her. I'm like, you're everybody's best friend, dude, and you gotta help people understand. Don't be mad at them; they just don't get it. They just don't get that you can you can be that kind of person to everybody, mm-hmm. you know. But as a teacher, you're that kind of person to everybody, Janie. Yeah, uh, you make everyone feel like they're the only person in the room, even if it's a room of twenty people. Right, and on the yeah. other end of that is if I say something to make someone feel like shit that's going to have an equally that's going to have a devastating yeah. effect and you know that because it's yeah, happened to that, you yeah, that <laughs> so I'm like fuck that but I'm always looking like to be the instructor or whomever I needed when I didn't have it mm-hmm. so I'm always just like okay so like yeah. even if I remember so many weird situations of like being the third person in the room and seeing like this strange occurrence happen between an instructor and a student just being like huh that's very yeah. weird. Like, it's well, just, it's just strange. Yeah. Um, and I just never wanted to create that environment for anyone. Like, mm-hmm. it was never conducive for anything learning. Agreed. 
uh, character building. It was never a thing. <laughs> yeah. What, what everyone turned turned it out to be, like what yeah. they said it was. Um, when did you know that you wanted to teach? Or did I said, you, I, I, I never fall into it. Do you know what I mean? I have always had the desire to want to be able to explain it, like mm. to anyone, anywhere, at any time. So, like, it made me uncomfortable not to know every aspect of something. Mm-hmm. It made my like anxiety flare about it, so I was like, I need to know about all of these things. <laughs> like, tell me all the information in every way you have, like, mm. in order to kind of mm. quell that. Um, but, but yeah, I was, I was not pushed into it by any means, but I was, I don't know if someone saw it or whatever, but they just were like, hey, you want to teach kids or you want to do this? And like, it kind of started that way. Yeah. But I never. I always like viewed myself in my head like I wouldn't necessarily even say a teacher per se, but um, someone relaying information in some way, shape, or form, yeah, um, and doing so in a way that would make people retain it as much as possible. Um, Jujitsu isn't the easiest thing in the world to explain to people, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But if yeah. I can make that generally easy to understand, or at least boil it down to a point you're comfortable with taking it in. Uh, you're gonna take a lot more away from that than you have five moves. You have to do it perfectly. If you don't, fuck you. Like get them all done, damn which it. is a lot of. But you know. I don't know. There's an upside to that pressure. Oh yeah, absolutely. yeah. I know a lot of shit because people expected me to be perfect at fuck everything. Yeah, yeah. that's but, the thing. Like, uh, yeah. I had I had no <laughs> issue going through it myself. Yeah, I, I yeah. What can be done to me? But I'm not be gonna done subject to anyone else <laughs> to that. Yeah, I wanted. To be put through all the weird shit, to be like, yeah, been there. I'm not gonna yeah. make you do that though. Like, fuck no, that. no, I don't get it. Now, yeah. oh, that reminds me of something. Since we have Ward here, and he's very eloquent with his words, um, a bit of a hero's journey, Ward. Um, if we want to go into that idea, which I like the concept of, because I'm a comic book nut. Of, <clears throat> um, we got in that a little bit is jujitsu as the microcosm of the journey. Yep. Of everyone needs a freaking quest that they got to go on and they have to like mm-hmm. fight the things and do the things and come out at the end and ah right and there's a lack of that in society today oh, yeah. for sure and so going back to your your unemployment time yeah it became your quest yeah. of sort of you know if I want to like turn you into a comic book character which I have probably in my <laughs> head in my head um yeah you're the Baron <laughs> uh, but uh, drawing later. Uh, I'll have to draw that out. Yeah, I can draw. I'll do it. <laughs> but uh, that was um, what I was worried about when you got a, when you got a full time job again. Yeah, I didn't want you to lose your quest because I liked you on the quest. It, it was cool to see how like how you absorbed everything and then like would convey it. And I just enjoyed that. <laughs> I didn't want you to lose it. So has the quest changed at all? Is it still happening? You know, I mean... Yeah, I mean... Um, so if the, the the heroes... You know, the archetype is you... Um, you descend into the deep, uh, which is chaos, and you, um, you know, rescue your father uh, and come back with the, something that's valuable to the society... Um, I mean, it, you, sometimes it's rescue your father. Sometimes you know, find your the thing that killed your father um, and <laughs> kill it symbolically, resurrecting your father. Um, Shit, I only have one parent. I'm screwed. <laughs> on the quest, <laughs> I only have them all. Oh man. Um, well, I mean, you know, it's also. Uh, You know, symbolically, your father, right? So, like for me, uh, the person that my father actually is um, doesn't contain everything that I think of as as father. Okay. I mean, father is also oh, yeah. sort of the um, the discipline and the order that formed you, um, or your archetype for what that should be. So, like gotcha. mine is. Um, you know, it's some amalgam of my dad and, uh, you know, John Wayne and uh, Clint Eastwood and, like, the the story. I was big into cowboy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. um, 
it's some amalgam of like that. But anyway, the uh, has the has the journey changed? Yeah, I guess you know the my ultimate goal in life, and this is this is going to be re- religious and weird, and we probably don't have time to get into all that. But oh, okay. my ultimate goal is um, it, to like uh, fulfill the destiny that is laid out for me by uh, God. So. You know, part of that is um, raising my kids to kill the dragon. Okay, this is another hero journey thing. So I got you. Um, it's not just me slaying a dragon, right? It's raising my kids to slay dragons. Yeah, so, I feel that. <laughs> um, but in order to do that, right, I have to learn how to do. You got to be able to do it. Yeah. So that's part of the whole self-defense pursuit. Um, for the folks at home, I also teach uh, the self-defense classes, some of the self-defense classes at uh, Endeavor. So part of that is learning how to teach my son and my daughter to slay dragons. And when we say slay dragons, we're, of course, speaking archetypally. There's no. Hopefully it's metaphorically. Yes. Hopefully there aren't dragons running around Someday. eventually. But maybe. maybe. Um, Reign of Fire was pretty dope. <laughs> the spontaneous Matthew McConaughey in that film made it for me, man. Dude. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so sort of the, the ultimate goal hasn't changed, but in order to get there, you know, I've got to learn how to do, how to use violence, right? That's, that's a part of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And then part of it is also I've got to make money. So, yeah, um, violence, money, professional fighter, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> if I were good, then I would do that. Good and brave, neither of which characterize me particularly. You just have so to have instead. good medical. That's the key. Yeah. You got a good cut, man, you're fine. Um, so, yeah, I, the ultimate goal hasn't, hasn't changed. Um, it's just sort of trying to roll with the punches and take an opportunity to work on the thing that I can work on now. I had the opportunity to work a lot on mm. violence. So um, take the opportunity when you have it. Yeah. Just dive in yeah. when I mean, you get the chance. Observationally, like when you were there all the time, I mean, yeah. you make the best out of your time when you're there. You're not, no. it's yeah. not like, you don't, you're not messing around. You don't come in to just fuck around. Yeah. So like, yeah. doesn't matter. But I had a mission in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got you. Right. Badass. That's cool. Yeah. That's fun. That's cool. Yeah. Well, where else should we go with it? We got a few minutes left. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so um alright, I'm gonna make it let's bring it out a little bit, a little lighter. I'm doing things with my hands because Ward wants us to describe so the folks that. at home. <laughs> uh Mike is yeah. raining in reverse with his hands. So if you've yeah. ever done like a campfire song where it rains, imagine that in reverse. Like That's what we've got. Vapor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like Wayne's World, but going up, right? Okay, so, um, and the idea of face kick friends is what I like to call my martial arts friends. Is this the part where I get kicked in the face? Maybe later. Take your glasses <laughs> off first. Um, <laughs> no, but really early on, like my new house, I've lived here almost three years. When I when we got this house, we'd just gotten back from London, and um, Mike had gifted me the third stripe so I could take two classes which was uh, hilarious on my part because I was still pretty clueless. Really? Uh, I made it enough. I knew enough. and I, I, taught... I gave him his third stripe because so, like, they didn't let you train if you didn't? Or what no, because I couldn't do the intermediate class. Yeah, that. Right? And I taught yeah. about how to bear and bolo. Yay. That was cool. <laughs> but, um, okay, so I got back, whole new house thing. I'm like, guys, I got a new house. My basement has nine-foot ceilings. It's freaking amazing. And I'm like, if anyone wants to help me move, hey. And Ward was like, I might have time today. I'll come by. So... I'm in my garage doing my thing for, I don't know, years. It's forever. And I'm like, ah, Ward said he'd come by if he wanted to. I'm not going to be emotionally invested in it. I don't even know Ward. And then Ward pulls up. Ward, who I barely know, who I just recently differentiated you from Aaron and AJ. Because <laughs> they all look the same to me, especially without glasses. Sorry. Yeah, uh, <laughs> short-haired, yeah. stocky white folks. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, with a gun. Like, oh, okay, yeah. They're all the same. Yeah. War pulls up. 
And he's like, hey, man, this your old house or your new house? Like, this is the old house. New house is down there. And he helps me carry shit from my garage to my new house and neatly put it somewhere because he's ward and he's considerate like that. And I brought him down to the empty basement and I was like, dude, this is the dream. This is what it's going to happen. And you stood in the empty basement and you're like, yeah, yeah, I like it, man. And he helped me for like an hour. I mean, it was a long time. It was a lot to do. But we barely knew each other. But we had rolled together many times. We had been training together for a while. And that's sort of the insta-friendship that training does. Of people that wouldn't... The three of us wouldn't run into each other, despite our, the fact that we're related. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have ever met each other. You know that story? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's hilarious. I'll tell you that in a second. Okay. Of training brought us together, put us on an equal playing field. We all have the utmost respect for each other and care each other, care for each other deeply. And that's what just training breeds that training like, breeds that instantly. The slap and bump it's, four rolls means I'm going to take care of you. You're going to take care of me. Yeah. Yeah. That carries out. And yeah, I mean, it's in, you know, chemically it's the oxytocin that's in your brain being released while you touch the other person. Yeah. And it's that kind of thing. Hmm. But yeah, that's, you know, that was the first thing I thought of when we're like, we can get Ward on the, on the show for our first guest. And that, that meant a lot to me, man. Oh. At the time, it meant a ton because that was hard moving my whole house. You're my, you're my first <laughs> and then, person to trust me, taking privates and everything. Mm-hmm. You had faith. And then, you know, <laughs> shortly after that, Mike came over and helped me move my daughter's bed. That was a heavy bed. Which is a bunk bed with steps. That very helped, well constructed. Very well constructed. <laughs> uh, we t- helped me take it apart, helped me carry it over here, and then helped me hold it up as I put the damn thing back together. <laughs> but, like, yeah, between you two guys, and, you know, that's a handful of months of knowing each other and we're without question like, yeah, I'll go help you. Yeah, I'll do that. Don't worry about it. We got it. Da, da, da. Yep. No. How much of that do you think is uh, a discipline like jujitsu, which is going to be, uh, you're going to get separated from your ego, from conceptions that you have about your own ability to do things pretty rapidly. How much of that is that filter operating on people where, like, the only people that are going to come in and roll with you are going to be of a particular mindset, or at least not of a particular mindset? Yeah, the weeding out process of it. Yeah. Of, yeah, some people stay, some people don't. I don't know. I guess, yeah, if you boil it down, personality-wise, we all have to match up because we all chose to stay and train. In yeah, some, on some, level. Le- on yeah. some level, we have something in common. But then there's another level of there's plenty of people you train with that you're not friends with. That you train with them and they're cool, but like you're not hanging out with them. Mm-hmm. But then there's people you train with that you invite to hang out in your kung fu movie room and record <laughs> their voices. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just well, some voices are silkier than others. <laughs> some, some, yes. That's. I don't know. We'll see. We haven't used this mic in a while. <laughs> mm, sound real good. <laughs> Um, then yeah that I forget what we were talking about when I moved that bunk I think we were talking about competing and I was like wanting to come back and like oh that was the beginning of yeah you wanting to come back that was before I had come back yeah because you were still you were really against it in the beginning and then you were like I'm thinking about coming back and we were talking about that while we were holding up the bunk bed yeah that that sort of yeah. yeah That and then with the what did huh? put you off of it? I was just I mean after the old gym like blew up I was just fucking like done I was pretty much yeah. like I was that close to walking but away that's, like that's even the, showing up to Endeavor like those days I was like yeah fuck that and that's that's kind of where we bonded on that thought process because I was at that same gym no no no, no he just has I just have I have a lot of similar experiences yeah that I wouldn't wish on anybody and then he started like we kind of picked each other out real quick. On that, on that respect, because I would say some shit or do some shit, and he'd be like, "Huh?" And I'd see how he reacted, like, and I'm like, "Scar of the huh? master." Like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so that was really where we started to connect on that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so but once again, the whole training thing—that you just came to my house and helped me dismantle a bunk bed. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the other. Uh Endeavor in particular, and I don't. I would imagine that a good bit of this is due to your personality and Justin's personality. Um, but the culture there 
um, is is different than I've encountered some places I've traveled and trained. Like, I, there, there's nobody there that I really, like, dislike or am frightened of um, to roll with. Even people that are, like, a lot better than me. Whereas other places, you know... It's a short list, by the way. Yeah, people better than Ward. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like... Especially traveling, like... Yeah, yeah traveling, I, like... Zero percent. <laughs> I... I always, um, you can always tell people that only trained at one gym versus people that trained at a bunch of different gyms because people that have at least trained at multiple gyms know that the world is different outside of the mm-hmm. gym yeah. and either like can really appreciate or really hate where they're at. Mm-hmm. And they know that they see the difference, which, um, yeah, it's something I really appreciated when I was still at Endeavor of the culture that Mike created of just, it was, you know, just real laid back. Yeah. Like, very much, we're in our pajamas hugging each other. Don't take it too <laughs> yeah. seriously, guys. Yeah. And I, I really, I really enjoy that. Well, as opposed to that, that can, you know, other gyms, it changes. Hmm. There's a lot, I don't know, there's just a lot of weird shit in jujitsu culturally that it's, it's I just never culture, paid, man. yeah, I never paid any attention to it. Yeah. Or that I never broadcast it to students. So, mm-hmm. and that's, I think, part Protect of, <laughs> yeah, it's part of why that environment's like that. Cause uh, a lot of the stupid bullshit was never even talked about. <laughs> yeah. The stupid which, bullshit doesn't even come into play. Which is nice. Yeah. I feel like at some point in jujitsu's development over the last 20 years, it's sort of split from, uh, gyms that are idolizing sort of MMA and then gyms that are idolizing some sort of like, um, platonic ideal of jujitsu as this lifestyle yeah. encompassing sort of thing. Yeah. Well, all right. Conceptually, it's a judo already did that as well. The major restoration of where martial arts jujitsu like went from, I know this shit to kill this dude to, I don't have a job anymore, but I still know this shit to kill this dude, but I'm not allowed to kill these dudes. And so it became a spiritual thing, and this is my favorite part of this killing stuff, so I'm going to develop that and teach it. And so if you look at, like, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, if you just go back just to the Gracies, okay, they learn it, and uh, because of Brazilian machismo, they're like, I want to beat everybody up. And then they realize, well, hey, we should refine this to be better at beating people up. And then it kind of went into that, and then they created, you know, Valley Tudo becomes a thing, MMA becomes a thing. But then sport jujitsu becomes a thing. And now you have jujitsu to beat jujitsu versus jujitsu to just beat the hell out of everyone else. And so jujitsu then moves into, rather than being feeder for MMA, becomes either feeder for its own sport. And then you have the thread the whole time of the spiritual journey that you almost by accident go on because you're training and getting better and learning things. And it becomes a lot less about winning all the time and dominating people and a lot more about you know can the Baron Bolo save me I need to figure this out ah neat and you're more interested in that and so that's the thread that goes through the whole thing but yeah there was the split where Jiu Jitsu used to be feeder for MMA and then it be kind of got a whole lot easier to just be on the spiritual quest of learning Jiu Jitsu I think MMA made some crucial mistakes to help jiu-jitsu get to where it is. Yes, <laughs> yes, clearly. <laughs> That's which a is, different thing. Uh, <laughs> which hopefully it corrects those mistakes because I'm a fan. But, um, right. yeah. but some other sweet shit is coming from jiu-jitsu because of that. So Yeah, I mean, it's that. just... I'll ride that way. <laughs> it's the, uh, you know... It's hopefully it doesn't go the way of, um, say, Taekwondo. Yeah. Where Taekwondo used to be, its origins are actually fairly badass. It's got a lot of good stuff in it, and I happen to learn a lot of that old shit. But I knew a lot of the new shit, too. And then everything I know is now irrelevant sport-wise because the rules changed. And now it's just foot fencing. Like, the front leggers won. It was the ultimate insult. But all the politics and things of something becoming an Olympic sport just destroyed it. And now it is where it is. And, um, yeah, that's why I'm staunchly against jiu-jitsu becoming an Olympic sport, because I, I know firsthand I, I lived at the demise of Taekwondo. As a fan of judo and someone who trains judo, I sort of watched it kind of, eh, mm. you know. And then jiu-jitsu just personally was, like, my pure thing. 
it was the last on the list. All the martial arts I wanted to learn in my life, I had one left. Jiu-Jitsu popped up at the perfect time. And like I needed to just be what I imagined it to be. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, I don't know where else I was going with that. But, uh, yeah, that. That. Friendship. Joking. Friendship. Training. Training. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> My heater kicked on. Hopefully you can still hear us. Coffee. Coffee that brings us together. But um, how was the coffee word? It's delicious. No, I really I really liked it. Yes. I haven't had the time to have French press coffee in a long time, so. Beautiful, man. It's nice to sit down. It was nice to like talk. You brought a, uh, a levity and intelligence to the podcast that was... Rather than action movie references, you brought in like poets and authors as well. That's nice. That a nice yeah. touch. That was Thanks. cool. Yeah. Was it yeah, fun? Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. Was. All right. All right. Uh, keep an eye out for GWAC. Shameless plug time. Yes. At home, badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Uniponies Jiu Jitsu. Bring your kids in. All the good stuff. All the good <laughs> stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I got a rep where me and my daughter train, Ronan. So good, yes. And uh, Jake lives there now too, so that's legit. Damn, we got everybody. It's good stuff. What so, are we looking at next time? Next time, <laughs> next next time. I was thinking we should do the uh, that whole overcoming a negative training environment thing. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good one. Yeah. So get ready to hear me and Mike cry. We're gonna shit. we're gonna sob about some things. <laughs> And then Ward can listen to it and be like, you're too emotional. I'm going to refer to C.S. Lewis today. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. Peace out. Until next time, keep your coffee regular.